This is Season 3, Episode 10 of Swift Over Coffee. I'm Paul Hudson. And I'm Michaela Carey. And in this episode, we discuss mentoring others and being mentored. The, the, the level required is not as big as you might think, so I really hope more folks get involved. We share what you've built for Apple Vision Pro. Yeah, those kind of things are hard to be able to tell in the simulator versus like yes. having a real device. Those little yeah. polishes make the difference. Plus, oh my God, that was a wall of pain. Oh, it's been a busy few weeks, I think, Michaela. Obviously, the uh, Apple Vision Pro launch happened. More on that in our news section. But I'm still trying to sell my house <laughs> and do coding and have, like, you know, family and kids at the same time. It is all go right now. What about you? Your life's a little bit busier than mine. All I've had is, like, I've been doing some freelance work lately, so I haven't had too much time to do my own indie app. So it's just been a lot of freelance. But it was recently my birthday, which was fun. And so my Vision Pro is, like, my gift to myself. <laughs> oh, I see. So all the other presents you got, you know, socks, whatever, the skincare products. <laughs> and like, no, the one I actually want is the Apple Vision Pro. Fair enough. <laughs> But yeah, I'll be going snowboarding this weekend, which is going to be super fun, I think. When's the season run for you? Uh, what it's kind like of months is it? Pretty much now. And I think sometimes it can go all the way like into June. Oh, damn. So we'll see if it actually does. Because yeah, it just depends on what snow is like. So last year it was like a ton of snow was coming down. So it went through like, I think July in some places. But for me, last year I went mainly in like March, April sort of time. But this year now, it's going to be more, a little bit more February and then through March and April as well. And here's me sitting at home doing coding. I should be going out clearly having more fun in the snow. I've got to test my Vision Pro, see if, you know, you can do what they don't recommend, oh. which is wear it while you're snowboarding because that's the only time it looks appropriate to have something like that on your face. It would, yeah, you kind of fit in pretty well, actually, but it'd be an expensive and I expect painful mistake if it went wrong. Yeah, I probably won't try that, but... You can still like wear, wear it at the bottom of the mountain and see if anybody notices. Okay, the big news that we have, of course, is all about mm. the Vision Pro. Mm. Everyone's Alien versus Predator. <laughs> you know, Apple spent a long time saying it's Apple Vision Pro, Apple Vision Pro. Their branding was very, very strong. And I got to go out to New York to the Fifth Avenue store, and the team there at 8 a.m. when it opened the store walked out chanting, AVP! AVP! <laughs> They're doing it. They're getting away with it. It's very strange. <laughs> so does that mean we can call it a headset then? I, I'm not sure. Is that, that one's still banned, maybe. I'm not sure. But uh, it's hard to tell. You know, it's really hard to tell. If you look, um, if you have the, the device on wrongly, if it's a bit too low, a bit too high, it gives you a little warning on the screen saying, move the headset slightly up. Ooh. So again, they're <laughs> saying it, just telling us not to say it. I don't know. I don't know. Hard to tell. But we both bought one, right? Yes. I ended up picking mine up uh, in Indianapolis on Friday morning. The other flagship store. Yep. The only one in the entire state. <laughs> oh, no. There were so many Apple stores in New York. It was really strange. I went to Fifth <laughs> Avenue, of course, gets the flagship store for real realsies. I got that uh, fist bump, Tim Cook and Jaws, which I was quite pleased about. I got my Jaws selfie. Um, it was a real buzz. The excitement there was just off the radar. It's the gigantic size of it all. Everyone clapping and cheering and whooping the entire time. <laughs> yeah, that looks super fun. It was definitely more low-key in Indiana. 
But, and there were way less people. <laughs> there were like maybe 10 people or so there. <laughs> <laughs> and which one did you end up with buying? Uh, I got like the very base model one. Yeah, that's the one I, I ordered too. Uh, and I changed my mind when I got there. Uh, someone on uh, Slack, um, I think Michael Rowe was telling me, listen, no, they went for the one terabyte so I could load it for the movies. And I thought, you know, that's actually not a bad idea. So I, I changed my mind when I got there, which is interesting. The fact that I could actually cancel my order and still pick up a different device suggests that they had, you know, hmm. a fair amount of stock on the spot, right? Uh, so I bought the one terabyte in the end. Plus, because I was obviously flying home and didn't get a chance for another potentially six six months to buy another one, I bought like two extra light seals. I bought a spare battery. I bought a travel pack. I bought the works <laughs> basically just in case so to avoid going home and being disappointed. Are we able to like go in store and buy different light seals? Because I've been debating on going and getting a different one because it feels very heavy for me, like more so than it did when I was in the labs. And they had said that the light seal like can make a big difference with that. Which one do you have right now? Um, I can tell you if I clip it off. 35 in and in plus. Oh gosh, that is a big one. Um, so it, I think 21W is the most popular one. Oh. Um, like that seems to be like the default. I bought a 33W. Um, like a fairly wide one. I haven't, didn't know, you made a 35. It's, it's the sheer size of your brain, Michael, that's what it is. <laughs> and then I have the small solo knit loop. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> uh, but it's, 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 the thing is, it's it's already been, you know, wildly popular. Um, and Vision OS 1.1 beta just landed, right, with improved personas. Ooh, can't wait to see that, because every, that is, I feel like the most, like the biggest feature people have been making fun of with it is just the personas. Because <laughs> they're really bad. I mean, mine wasn't that bad. Oh, okay, okay. So that's a strong flex, that one. Okay, okay, okay. I see. <laughs> yeah, uh, mine looks terrible. <laughs> I think the thing that makes them awkward is like we have hair on our head and hair does not move the way it should and it makes it just look very unrealistic. And I've seen like a couple here and there too. It They also like blur parts of your hair too. So it's not even like mm. what your hair would look like if you were looking at somebody straight on. And because of that, I think that's what makes them look so un unrealistic. It's just hair doesn't move the right way. And then because of how much of it they blur, it's just like, it just gives you like, oh, this is like hair on like an avatar sort of thing. Way more than like trying to make an actual sort of like, I don't know, picture of yourself, sort of. Yeah, I think that makes sense because I saw uh, Sean Allen had a really good persona. But it's clearly possible. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know, Sean doesn't have hair. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we both managed to launch apps on Vision Pro for day one, right? Yes, I barely made it in there. So I had started working on an app on Sunday. I had submitted it to the App Store like Thursday afternoon, Eastern time. And then it was approved Friday, like afternoon. So it was almost about like 24 hours. That's intense. Did you get the Susan Prescott email? I did. It's, I got it after I saw everybody else get it. So it came like a year, a year, an hour or so later, but it's, I still got it. So that that's exciting. I'll definitely like save it in my inbox, save it as a screenshot, you know, frame it on my wall. <laughs> well, for folks who haven't seen that yet, Susan Prescott, who runs the Worldwide Developer Relations Group at Apple, emailed all day one developers, I think about uh, 600 of us, whatever, just saying, thank you for doing this great work. You, don't, you know, you're part of something really big. It's awesome. And, you know, it's it's one email sent to a lot of people, 
like a big template, but it still feels really good having just a little acknowledgement from Apple that we played a part in the success of their product. Uh, it felt really good. So I'm really glad they did that. Mm -hmm. And that's the first time I've ever had a day one application on any of Apple's devices um, because I was too young to have one on probably almost any of the others <laughs> and I wasn't into programming. Everyone's got no idea how old you are. I love it. She actually had a birthday. <laughs> is, is she like 25 now? 35 now? No one really knows. You're just, it's a mystery. <laughs> just too young for iOS is what it is. <laughs> well, you, you, you've seen the uh, Persona um, podcast episode of Launched, right? With Chai Chapman and friends. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That just landed before we record. I haven't actually watched it back yet, but I love the idea. I think it had uh, Devin of Crouton fame and Christian Selig of Apollo fame. And then Charlie, you know, running through the app all together. And I'm looking forward to seeing it because Personas can come across quite creepy sometimes. And of course, you're Sean Allen. I guess we'll <laughs> see about that one. Yeah, it'll be, I think it'll be interesting seeing how people do like recording of the Vision Pro because it's, is it in 720p or is it in 1080 when you actually record what you're seeing? I don't know. Uh, I think they do it with a Mac connecting to FaceTime and recording the max screen, I think. So that way it can capture a fairly high resolution. I think that's how they're doing it. But that, if you do it via AirPlay, then you'll get all the foveation versus if you go through Reality Composer Pro when you record something, right. then you don't. But I don't, yeah, I still don't know the resolution though of how that works out. Cause some of the YouTube videos I've seen, like they'll try to zoom in on something on any like screen, screen video recording yeah. and it gets really blurry. Yeah. The foveation is powerful. And that's, I, I do recommend folks do try it on uh, an Apple TV streaming because you can really see exactly how the blurring thing works. It's, it's very, very clever. And of course, done for you, but it gives you an idea of why we have to use React Composer Pro because it doesn't really matter very much. You know, I actually, I mentioned this before we move on. Um, I got a refund for my Apple Vision Pro because I bought one as a pre-order, then canceled it and then bought one in person. Uh, and, and brilliantly, this is going to cause the my accountant massive headaches. I was paying US dollars, and the US dollar to British pound moved in that sort of like two-week window. <laughs> and so now I got a refund for, for less than I paid. I'm like 150 pound worse off, I think, somehow. Because <laughs> um, the and, uh, good luck with that. And also, I had to pay tax. When I come back to the UK, I had to pay tax on my Vision Pro because it's over a certain amount. Ooh. I had to pay 850 British pounds, over over $1,000 in tax. I go back to the UK for my very first time going through the sort of that red lane at border control saying, you know, something to declare or not. Uh, and they were very confused. They had no idea what was going on. They They're were like, like wanna, what is this thing? You want to voluntarily pay tax on this? <laughs> no, no. They were just like confused that someone actually wants to voluntarily pay tax. Like, you, you have to. It's, it's the law. I wasn't like, you know, extra tax for fun. Lol. <laughs> um, but they were like, oh, you actually want to be honest and, and pay the tax? <laughs> and then, brilliantly, they charged me this, this money, uh, £850. Then afterwards, he realized it was a company credit, a company debit card. And so I had to pay an extra 0.1% transaction fee for using a company credit card, which oh. turned out to be 85 pence, like less than $1 approximately. You know, I'm like, ah, you know, just, just go on through. It's fine. <laughs> so they gave up. Oh, man. I wonder, I'm guessing a lot of other people who also bought the Vision Pro from outside of the United States had to do that. And I know people have been having issues as well with trying to download apps from the United States App Store because like if you don't have a US account, like some or like a US Apple account, some people like can't even access the App Store on their Vision Pro. Oh, you, you cannot get to it at all. It requires a US App Store account. 
across the board. You've got to buy one in the US with a US Vision prescription, uh, a US App Store account, and then a US developer account if you want the $300 developer strap. And I'll do the first three. The last one's a pain in the backside. I'm not going to do that. And I really want a developer strap. So if anyone's listening to this and wants to buy me a developer strap, let me know. Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, I'll never get one ever again. I have to live on Wi-Fi for the next six months, which is not very pleasant. Oh, man. Yeah, I didn't realize how painful that would be to actually buy one. And I wonder then when they're actually going to open the Vision Pro like for sale in other countries then too. Well, hopefully soon, because I'm on my three-month free Apple Arcade, Apple TV Plus US subscription now. <laughs> <laughs> and when that expires, I'm like, oh, I've got nothing to do anymore. I can't play, you know, cut the rope or whatever. Um, I've got to wait for them to release it in the UK so I can use my usual app account, but we'll see. <laughs> Next, we also have Swift 5.10 is in Xcode beta, which I haven't looked too much at the release notes, but it's all about concurrency. It is, yes. Yeah. So obviously, we're, you know, only, what, four months away now from probably WC24, when Swift 6 will probably launch. We don't know, of course, but probably. Uh, and that's going to be concurrency lockdown massively. And they're claiming that Swift 5.10 closes all known static data race safety holes when you have complete concurrency checking enabled. Uh, and I guess we'll see, because 6 is going to break your code. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Swift 6 is going to break so much code. Uh, and so the more checking you can do now, the more sureness you can get now it's working correctly, the happier you're going to be. And I know that 5.10 is a funny release number. 0.10 releases always sound wrong, right? Um, I know the team, I think, would rather have gone straight to Swift 6, but it's getting it's getting serious now. <laughs> they could skip it and just do Swift 5.11, turn it up to 11. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's already happening. That's already apparently already coming. I'm not sure how it'll ship before WWDC, this is like a, a little back compatibility release with Swift 6 sort of synchro release at the same time. Mm. I don't really know. But that, that actually has a good feature. That has typed throws. Oh, that's in type throws is 11 or it's 10? Yes, 11. See, I, I, that is only up to 11. You see, see type throws is serious stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> it is weird, but it's one of those things that the, the team have been saying for a long time. We don't want tight throws. They're a bad idea. They're a bad idea. And they're like, oh, yeah, tight throws are a great idea. Here they go. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so so what changed? <laughs> what changed in Apple to make tight throws suddenly a, a big thing? I don't really know. Hmm. We're going to find out. <laughs> At Dub Dub, presumably. <laughs> also, I think it's really cool. Apple just released a new programming language called Pickle, <laughs> mm. <laughs> which I think is a funny name. And I'm And I wonder... I don't know if I read it, but I wonder the origin of why they called it that. But Pickle, for uh, if anybody hasn't heard, it's spelled P-K-L. It is like a configuration that is programmable, scalable, and safe. So what this actually means is a configuration as code language, meaning you can use the Pickle language to write like a JSON configuration or a YAML configuration or any kind of like configuration type file. Yeah, so it's... We, we know we have JSON, we have YAML, we have property list files and other kinds of configuration formats, and they're all mutually incompatible data. What Pickle's trying to do, I think, is to say, actually, we can make one standard format and then say, from that, we can make JSON, from that, we can make YAML or plist, whatever, from that one central place. And I know this is definitely, we, it's almost every episode we link to some sort of XKCD. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one on standards where there's like so many competing standards and you say, oh, we need one new standard to make them all work together. And now there's an extra one competing standard. 
maybe this will happen here, but I like the idea. It's a good sound idea, and they've released uh, integrations for Swift and Cotton and Java and similar um, out there. And interestingly, interestingly, I think it's written in Java and Kotlin. Oh, it is? Not in Swift. Ooh. Yeah, I know, exactly. It's like, it's like, if you look on like GitHub, there's a little, like, you know, the little languages breakdown. Uh, 6% six, six Java, 26% Kotlin, and then 6% Groovy. Uh, da, da, da. And yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. <laughs> Swift just didn't make the cut. <laughs> Maybe. I, I, and, and to be fair, I know, I know <laughs> there's a whole uh, not invented thing here thing uh, where people are like, oh, we well, didn't invent that, we're not going to use it. But actually, they're being pretty flexible. I can't. I kind of like that. Yeah, I think it'll be, this could be like really useful and I'm interested to see just where we kind of use this or if at all, like for iOS devs too, because I could see this being super useful when I set up my like personal Mastodon instance. I was like debugging for two hours why something wasn't working. <laughs> it was because I was missing two spaces in my Docker file and that was awful. But yeah, this kind of like being, ha having a type safe, configuration is super nice because with config files like this, you kind of just have to deploy it to see if it works or not. You do like making problems for yourself, don't you? Seems like it. Like, I could use a public Mastodon, <laughs> but no, I, I have too much time on my hands. I am I am still young and happy and innocent. I shall make my own Mastodon. Oh my God, that was a wall of pain. <laughs> so previously, we also talked about the package community showcase that is on swift.org. And then now there's also nominations where you can nominate other people's packages. So you cannot nominate your own. And then if yours does not get selected, that carries over month to month to end up like being reconsidered too. Yes, yeah, so they feature packages regularly now on the swift.org homepage. It's not like obviously there, we've got to dig a little bit, but it is there. And these are nominated by the community. So if you know someone who's worked on a great package, like, you know, <clears throat> I released Vortex recently. <clears throat> anyway, um, you could say, hey, I want to nominate such and such a package because of these reasons here. And they'll take it into account and look at it and try it out. There aren't that many nominations right now, folks. So please do get involved. Put something forward. Um, and it does help everybody. It, you know, it encourages the author to package. It spreads the good news about great code and so forth and helps build up the main Swift.org homepage as well. So please do check it out. The theme this episode is mentoring others and being mentored. Now, something I've said in the past, and I'll repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat until the day I die, I feel, is this. I strongly believe that everyone has something to learn and everyone has something to teach. It's just 10 words. Everyone has something to learn. Everyone has something to teach. And this is so important to the way I approach people, places, experiences, environments, events, and so forth. Because everyone has something to bring to that environment. And if you've been learning for like a week, and you're like day seven of the 100 days, 50 UI, whatever, uh, or you bought your first book or watched a, you know one of Michaela or Sean's videos on YouTube, whatever, you've got a, a week more knowledge than someone who's just starting out. You have answers to questions of fresh perspectives and ideas, whatever, than someone just starting out. And I wish more folks realized that's a power to, to recognize that and say, yeah, I can help you, I can teach you, I can get involved, I can come alongside you and just answer a question or two. Mentoring doesn't have to be, oh, it's a year of one-to-one -one meetings. Just helping someone on a more ad hoc basis counts too. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And with that too, it's when you're also mentoring somebody who is on a very similar learning path and about like the same time that you both started learning, it can also be advantageous too because you're in the same like path and you're both kind of learning the same things at the same time, but that person can explain something in a different way than somebody who has like 10 years of experience because they don't remember sometimes how to break down some of the basic or more introductory topics for something because they only know how to how to explain it in very technical terms. And sometimes they just don't know how to explain it to somebody who doesn't have that background knowledge about uh, certain topics. It's absolutely true. And you kind of forget some of the struggles you went through. Like if you ask someone to explain what's an array, for example, they can kind of give you code examples, but just stop and explain it in words in a way I can understand it. And they might say, well, it's, I don't know, it's one variable that holds many variables. Well, does that really help? I don't know. But, you know, you want to think about it and break it down to smaller parts. And people who have done that in the last three months have to do it for themselves to learn are in a very powerful position. And so it is a, it's, a, it's a really big uh, power to both recognize that. And also, I, I think sometimes I meet uh, people who are very experienced Senior developers. I've been been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this like 27, 28 years now. Like a long time at this point, coding, right? That's how old I am, Michaela. I've been coding as long as I've been alive, Michaela. I didn't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) They can't see the video. That's why they can't see the video of you silently judging me, going, God, this guy's old. Anyway, um, but I'll tell you what, folks, even though I've been doing it this long, I still learn things every single day. Every single day, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I have that thing. And, and it's not because I'm forgetting because I'm that old anymore. It's more about there's just a huge amount of information out there. And sometimes, sometimes you meet senior folks who are so senior. They're like, oh, I, I never read books, never read articles, never watch YouTube videos. How do you learn? I mean, things are always changing. Everyone has something to learn. No matter how many years you have, you will still learn something if you look hard enough. And with, of course, Swift, Swift UI changing, as we can see, very, very frequently, you've got to keep on top of it. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there's a particular quote by Erica Sedun, who has said, uh, people who build walls around knowing cannot grow and develop skills. Um, what she's trying to say here is that if you have made it your public personality that you just know everything, you're the lead developer, you're the principal developer, whatever you call it in your company, the top of the pyramid, basically, you know everything right now. You've made that your personality. There's no way you can say, hey, what's that you're doing? That looks pretty cool. What's this new language you're working on? That looks interesting. You cannot admit holes in your knowledge if you've baked into this belief that you know everything. So please, folks, don't do that. Learn to be humble. Learn to say, listen, I'm learning here too. I do this at my workshops. I say something like, you know, uh, I, I have this picture of Captain Kirk, you know, William Shatner from a long time ago with a text next to it saying, I'm sorry I can't hear you over how awesome I am. <laughs> and it's this idea, I say at the time, it's the idea that, you know, I'm busy thinking how great I am on stage teaching Swift Data. Uh, therefore, I can't hear what you have to say about Swift Data or whatever. And I say, listen, folks, I admit upfront, there are so many things I don't know. I'm going to learn stuff today too. That's cool. And if I can do that, I hope you can all do that as well. Sets the right tone, you know? Mm -hmm. And with like technology, you will never know everything too. So if somebody says, oh, I know everything about this topic, like for one, that's false. But also two, it's not even possible. Like we we just said, Apple just released a new programming language called Pickle. 
that just like all of a sudden came about that we didn't know before. So somebody can't say, oh, I'm a pickle expert now, but- <laughs> Five years pickle experience. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, you will never be an expert at any of this stuff. Yes, you can have very deep knowledge on a certain topic, but there's always something that you can learn. So let's have a think about how someone who's thinking, I want to be mentored or I'd like to do some mentoring what kind of places should they perhaps look for, do you think? Where should they go? I think one of the best places is just looking around for places you can volunteer. So you can sometimes end up volunteering at a local university or some kind of high school where you can teach like others in any kind of programming concepts in some class or possibly helping out with any extracurricular activities that they have. I used to volunteer for the local like high school robotics team and they were programming in Java, even though at the time, I was doing like C-sharp and Swift and everything, but the methodology and problem solving with programming is the same for no matter what language. Yeah. And also, I'm not sure how it works in the US, but here in the UK, uh, a computing science degree always finishes with some kind of project. You've built something to show a technique or some research you've done or something to prove you've you know, hit a certain level of, of, of uh, research and knowledge in your workplace, in your, in your, in your studies. And uh, I find that a great place to mentor. So I, sp I speak to the local university here in Bath, uh, University of Bath, helpfully. And uh, they have someone every year who says, oh, yeah, they're doing a, a project in iOS. Can you just co-sponsor co them? Can you basically check through the code, give them advice, a bit of guidance along the way? And it's, it's really fun to do because they have very interesting ideas every year. And we just meet for Starbucks coffee like once a month or something or have a little Zoom call or go for a walk somewhere and just chat about code and problems they're facing and architectural stuff. It's really informal. It's not like, you know, and now grade this person and whatever. It's just like, hey, you're free next week to chat about data storage, for example. Oh, yeah, sure, I can, I can fit you in, get coffee and have a chat, basically. And it works so well. It works so well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in uh, America, which like North America, US, um, it depends very much on which college it is for how they do those kind of like we call them capstone projects typically, Ooh. but it's just end of the year, big project for whatever thing you're working on. I also, I didn't study computer science, but I still did like one of these projects. It's to just show off like you learn something in all the thousands of dollars that you spent at college. But um, <laughs> you do get like, yeah, mentors and people who are like in the industry who like are teaching you and telling you about like how something works, but also being able to volunteer with um, any kind of internship program. So if your company has an intern program, you can then be the person who mentors some intern during their summer internship as well. Nice. I would tell you which project I made when I did my degree a long time ago, but you'd probably say, what the heck's that? And I feel really, really, really <laughs> <Yeah>. old. <laughs> so. I feel like that's an ongoing theme we've had, like the last couple episodes is I emphasizing I our age difference. <laughs> For folks in the same uh, generation as me, uh, when I graduated in 2001, uh, I made an IRC client with spell checking as you typed, which I was very pleased about because that was not easy to do, but it wasn't hard to do uh, back then. But it was hard for me as someone you know who's 21 years old trying to uh, build some great software. Uh, and it was it, it worked. It worked well. I was pleased with myself. I do know what that is. I've never <laughs> used it, but I know what okay. it is. <laughs> You're like one of those, one of those like YouTube videos of kids looking at sort of tape recorders saying, how does yeah. the tape work? <laughs> how, how do I pause it? Do, you, do I just like tap on? <laughs> yeah, it's like Slack, Michaela, okay? It's like Slack is nowhere near as good. Anyway, mentoring, mentoring, mentoring. Uh, one thing I would say is you're sitting and thinking, you know, um, I, I, I like the idea of being mentored, but I, I, I feel uncomfortable, I'd be worried. 
have a think about an easier way in. Like if you can be mentored outside of your competencies, like, you know, let's go for a non-IT mentorship. Maybe you want to get more into business or commercial awareness, which I think are important skills for a good senior developer. Go for that. Because you're learning then as much about business and uh, just general commercial awareness, but also how to mentor. You're seeing how someone do it for you. How do they approach it? How are they encouraging you? How are they guiding you? How are they even arranging to meet you? And it gives you ideas of how you can then do it for somebody else. So you can you can learn as well. I mean, mentoring is a skill, right? Yes. It's, it's a skill I think is actually uh, very important for senior engineers. You are senior for a reason. Doesn't mean you've been doing it longer, although it might mean that as well. But it means you know how to mentor others and do it effectively. When you get a junior developer, an actual you know straight out of university or college uh, junior developer who wants to tackle a big problem or any problem really. Can you go alongside them and say, hey, how's it going? You know, tell me about your approach. What have you considered so far? Oh, that's interesting. Have you considered something else? And just give them them the guidance along the way. It's a skill. It's a, a learned skill. That reminds me. One more comic is it's like the senior developer encouraging the junior developer on like their first pull request or something. Mm. And then it's the big like senior developer is like looking over the junior, but they also have like all these arrows in their backs of like delays and uh, like project management is like being held up because of like all of this stuff. But it's the senior dev is like continually encouraging the junior developer to keep going and the accomplishments that they're making because it's the first time they're doing this. and like having somebody cheering you on while you're like going through stuff like that is like so much more encouraging than just like when you're doing something all on your own and you like don't realize that what you're working on is actually like gigantic steps that you're making. Absolutely. And you know, that little thing you mentioned, helping someone make their first pull request. If you're listening to this folks, you've made pull requests left, right and center for your job, whatever. I guarantee you don't recognize how terrifying it is for people to make their very first pull requests. When it's on a public project, the pressure is big. Are they, it's, it's down to like, am I making typos? Is the code written? Is it commented? What if I screw up the git command? You could mentor 50 people a week easily by just saying, hey, I'll just be there for your first like month of pull requests. Just saying, let's do, do a quick screen share. Show me a pull request before you press save and do it, you know, I'll walk you through it and make sure it's all good. Da, da, da. People would love that. People go wild for that level of, and that's just like four weeks per person, if that, you know, it's the, the, the level required is not as big as you might think. So I really hope more folks get involved. This episode's open ballot is what are you building for Vision OS or what would you like to see somebody else build? With this, we had so many people sharing all the apps that they have built. So many. Which is amazing. <laughs> yes, and of course, we ship one each, right? And uh, I'm, I'm working another one already. Are you working another one already or not? No, I have not started anything else yet. I was like, after I finished <laughs> my first one, I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, <laughs> I'm done for a minute. Like, that was exhausting. I'm done coding now. I've had enough. The laptop's <laughs> being closed. Out the window it goes. <laughs> well, listen, folks, we tried a lot of apps and we're going to try and fly through them as fast as we can the ones actually we're able to try and and talk about so we've mentioned as many as we can if we didn't get to yours i'm sorry we tried many 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 and uh, there's a limit so let's just jump in okay first off we have virtress which is playing tetris on the vision pro and i really like how you can go into an immersive space and just 
sit in space basically and play this game. But the controls are a little bit of a letdown because they're just buttons on the screen right now. So as a Vision Pro experience, it's kind of awkward keeping like looking at the controls and continually tapping, but it makes complete sense if you're like kind of using it on a simulator, that's like kind of what you would expect. In same like if it was an iPhone app, it doesn't feel as bad. So, but just in Vision, it's a little weird. So it would be pretty cool to see any kind of hand gestures for doing stuff like moving pieces around or even being able to just like pinch and drag a piece would be cool. Oh yeah, pinch and drag, just like the chessboard in uh, Apple's game room app would be great. Otherwise, loved it. I, that's a good idea. I had a lot of room to grow this one, I think. Particularly, I'd say the, the immersive mode. It looks great. So uh, it's a good start. We'll see what we get on. And those are just like two small things to like quickly fix as well. Like you can easily go ahead and do it You'll do great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Next is TZPZ from Axel Lepenek. It's a free app with a $13 a year subscription. Uh, it's time zone aware clocks. So you can just grab one and pull it out the individual windows. It works really, really well. Yep. And you can even group together all of the different time zones. So like, you know, when I talk to Paul, I have to go grab the uh, time zone for what is it in Bath right now versus what is my time zone where I could also be changing time zones because I keep traveling everywhere. So that's super useful. Next up, we have Mercury Weather by Malin and Kai, which is a beautiful weather app. It is free with a $15 a year subscription to get more features, but I love you can have built-in locations and just seeing what the weather is beautifully and then pop out windows if you wanna just like look at the weather in different places or see different trips that you wanna go on and what the weather will be at that time. Yeah, I love Mercury Weather. I love Malin and Kai too. They're such lovely, happy people. Uh, and the, the built-in locations are interesting because it's Vancouver, Stockholm, and Berlin. I think is where they're from. I think they live in Vancouver, but I think Marlon's from Stockholm and, and Kai's from Berlin or it's in that kind of area. So it's a bit of a cheeky little Easter egg there, I think. I see what they did there. <laughs> mm. Next, we have Zach Apiratitham with the app Liftoff. This is a, an app for rocket enthusiasts that make it really easy to find webcasts and info about launches. Um, there's a few little glitches here and there, like uh, occasionally it wouldn't load images sometimes, but again, a really good starter app with potential to grow there, I think. We also have Manual Cal with Zenitizer, which is free with a $20 a year subscription to unlock more sounds. And it is great for meditation and you can change the timer for how long you wanna meditate for and choose a bunch of different sounds. And it's just a very relaxing environment and to gain a better focus. There's only a couple issues with the UI, but that could also be changed with like the window and like just some UI layout fixes. And I also like how this is suitably different from Apple's own uh, mindfulness app, which is it's a great app from Apple. It's very nice. And of course, it has a beautiful 3D effect and the Fitness Plus voiceover coaches and so forth. But uh, Manuel's app uh, is, it, it has a sort of like, um, a, is it a Buddhist bell kind of sound? With the idea being when you hear the bell, refocus, 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 and try and it helps just pull you in, pull you in, pull you in, rather than having someone just talking away to you in the background all the time like the Apple one does. Uh, so it doesn't compete. It actually works quite well alongside it, which is actually quite hard to do because the Apple's one is so very polished. Next up, we have Josh Brown with the Astronomy Picture of the Day, APOD. Uh, you want to see NASA pictures from space at gigantic sizes. It's a brilliant app for that. Uh, one small thing, Josh, please, please, please add caching. Uh, I think using async image right now uh, in uh, SwiftUI, which is great, but it means uh, when you go back and forward, it has to download it again and again and again, as opposed to storing it offline for, I uh, know, a month or something like that. 
Are these pictures uh, immersive or are they just like full room on a big window? There's a big windows, big windows. Awesome. Speaking of pictures, William Taylor released Photoshade, uh, which is a way to view your photo library based on color. Like show me all the red pictures, all the blue pictures, the green pictures. And it's like a really odd idea, but it works so well. I actually bought the premium unlock for this one because it works so well. It's lightning fast. And in immersive mode, it creates like you're on the inside of a sphere or something like that, seeing all your photos all around you organized by color. I just drag a slider on, just fly through them. It's really beautiful. It's a, a great, great demo of the kind of performance you can get from Vision Pro and its M2 chip. It works really, really well. So well done, William, great app. Next, we have Paulo with Jumpfinity, which is a fun game where you can look back and forth and a ball jumps on the different platforms. I really like how fast paced it is compared to like all the other games that I've tried. They're all like very zen. And then this one is like super fast, but the controls are a little confusing if you kind of don't know what to expect, but I do know Paulo, so I like knew how the game kind of worked, but it's still like really fun to try uh, and play something that's more fast paced compared to everything else. Yeah, it feels like a very early version of Doodle Jump. And so it could be onto a big hit here if he just keeps polishing, polishing, polishing. But Again, there's a really good foundation here to build on and polish and polish and polish. So do check that one out, folks. Next is the Exploring Mars app from the Jet Propulsion Laboratory at NASA. This is a great way to experience the, uh, the size and complexity of the Perseverance rover that landed on Mars a couple of years ago. Um, because you can just see the, the robot and just make it full scale, full size, and it really lets you appreciate the size of this thing. It's huge in the room with you. It works really, really well. And you just basically just tap on different components to sort of zoom in and read about, you know, the motor or the camera and see what actually makes it all work. It works really, really well. Um, if they're listening, folks, I hope they are. There's a couple of ideas for improvements here. I'd love if you could just have direct manipulation so I can just tap on things in 3D space directly rather than trying to look and, and pinch. And also there's a slider for zoom as opposed to sort of like, you know, the uh, pinch to zoom gesture that's popular in other apps. Mm -hmm. And finally, please, 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 the selection sounds a little bit much. Just tone it down. Something really subtle would work better than a sort of like bloop, bloop sound it has right now. <laughs> Otherwise, great app. Yeah, those kind of things are hard to be able to tell in the simulator versus like yes. having a real device. Those little yeah. polishes make the difference. It's true. And I think actually a few of the things we've said so far about, you know, being UI bit problem here or not loading correctly, these are simply because almost no one had a device. Mm -hmm. And so now people are finally getting the hands of device. They're like, oh, I should fix that, tweak that, make that fast, whatever. Well, I think we'll see a lot of version 1.1, 1.2, whatever, version 2 coming out over the next few weeks or so as folks finally try the app in real devices and spot these problems for themselves. Yep, I discovered that with the app that I made as well. Yes. Next, we have Kuba Shulitskovsky. Timers everywhere. Nice, simple timers. You can just put them wherever you want, and it's free for three timers and then 99 cents for unlimited, which is a no-brainer when you've got to use your Vision Pro to cook. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm building an app right now and it has timers in there as one of the components. I even bought the $1 unlock. I'm like, Kubi, you've worked hard enough for this job. Uh, this is a great job. Well done. It's it's a simple timers app, but it's just done really well. And I've told folks before to try and build like a portfolio app for themselves. They want something fancy and clever or whatever. No, no, no. A small app done well is worth way more than a complicated, messy, confusing app. 
Next up, we have two YouTube apps here. One from Pietro Messineo uh, called Holostream for YouTube. This is very nice, very, very fast. Great way to watch YouTube videos and cheap too. Um, if you could find a way, Pietro, to just remove all the white backgrounds from YouTube, because it's quite uh, WK web view right now. And the way to sort of trim it down a little bit and maybe just sort of see more glass background so it isn't quite so bright, that'd be nice. There's another one uh, by Morris Richmond called Vision Tube. Uh, it was blank for me at first. I think maybe I had to sign in perhaps or it was trying to load. It wasn't working quite so well. I feel like it's one of those bugs that'll be fixed as soon as he tries it on a real device. Um, but it's nice seeing a flourishing scene here. And next we have Sophia and Cesar with Ombre, which is another recipe app that you can save all your different meal plans and being able to like use this while while you're cooking, not recommended by Apple, but <laughs> being able to just see all the different uh, recipes that you have and share them with others. And I love how they adapted it for Vision Pro, but then also they have so many other features on the iPhone, iPad app uh, and everything as well. Yeah, so it's like it's free to download and then 40 bucks for the upgraded version uh, to get to. And honestly, it's, it's a beautiful app. It looks great. It looks uh, really delightful to just literally scan through recipes, right? But it it scans your cookbooks. It reads recipes from URLs. It You can generate through voice by just describing your recipe or even, of course, make one manually. Uh, and I think the best bit slightly hidden is the, the gallery. Uh, the first thing you see is my recipes, then for you, and then meal plans, and they're all kind of empty by default. Whereas galleries where you see, you know, massive big pictures of, you know, spaghetti or whatever, you look, oh, that looks great. I want that, I want that, I want that. And the whole UI for recipes looks delightful and and honestly delicious. You're like, I want to build, but make that thing. It looks so good. If I were them, uh, Sphere and Cesar, make, make that your landing page. Wow, what's happening today? More. Make that like a really big, long Netflix-style recipe collection with you know, obviously community stuff or third party stuff, or whatever, but just go hard on pictures of food, get them dragged in and say, yes, that looks good. I want to get that straight away. We've gone over so many amazing apps that already exist and people are working on, but there's so much left to do. The Vision Pro is brand new, hasn't been out for a week yet, and there's so many more apps that people can make. Ron Avitzer's idea is he would love a graphing calculator on Vision OS. And with that, we come to the end of our episode. Thank you so much for listening, folks. Next time, our open ballot is, what is the best moment of your career so far? As always, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and tell your friends to subscribe. Until next time, take care. See ya. Gosh, that is a big one.